0: It's actually very, very important to be very, very cash efficient when you're running a size business. The, The funding is actually the easy part of the process. So what is not easy is to be profitable and to, uh, and to keep growing.
1: Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, a podcast that brings you insights and tactics from the greatest SaaS minds across the world. The show is brought to you by SaaStock, the conference to turn your SaaS up to 11, returning to Dublin in October 15th to the 17th, 2018. On this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show, I talk with Adrian Menard, CEO and co-founder of Botify, a premier full-service SEO platform for enterprise companies. In September 2016, Adrian packed his bags, moved together with his wife and two kids to New York to open Botify's US office. He'd chosen New York mainly due to the slightly shorter time difference to his native Paris, but he was leaving 24 employees behind. Early on, it became clear the logistics of the move would be much more complicated and Adrian made common mistakes such as underestimating visa processes and choosing the wrong lawyer, but he had a $7 million Series A funding round the 10% US-based customer base to be confident in what he was doing. Fast forward almost two years later US customers now represent 60% of Botify's revenue and the Botify employee count is 100 people with 25 of them based in the New York office. How did all of that work out? Listen on to hear what's the one thing you need to have achieved to secure a funding round for scaling?
0: if you want to succeed globally, you obviously have to, uh, to, to succeed outside of the French market. So it also means that if you want to grow in the US regarding the level of resources that you need, the level of investment that you need, you have to prove that uh, you're able to, to, to sell without having a team located there.
1: What are the two most important teams in a US HQ? We, we started with the new business.
0: So now we have a global organization of the, of the new business team based in New York. So our senior uh, uh, VP is based in New York and is managing globally uh, our uh, new business efforts. And we did the same thing regarding the customer experience team, which is now managed uh, directly from New York, mm-hmm. but on the, uh, on the global scale of our customers.
1: What has been the most challenging thing in scaling to the US and how did Adrian address it? Communication
0: organization of the company is changing from one day to another. because one day you know you're the CEO, so it means that you are with your team in the same office, communication is easy. They can see you every day. But just the day after, you are just on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean and you have a six hours time, um, time difference. So obviously you have to reinvent everything into the way the company works into the company uh, into the way the company decides.
1: My conversation with Adrian was incredibly interesting from the get-go, so much so that we dove right into the experience of raising the Series A that allowed him to move to the US in the first place. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Adrian. How easy was the funding process then? Because you you raised Series A with uh, ID Invest and uh, Ventech. Couple of years, two years ago, was it
0: two years ago? Yeah, uh, almost two years and a half. Okay. And uh, it, <laughs> actually, the process went very well because the fundamentals of the of the company were very good at this time. Uh, the company was uh, uh, was profitable, mm-hmm. and we already had at this time about ten uh, percent of our revenue coming from the US um, and showing a, a good traction there. Okay. So. Um, so the process was, I'm not saying it was easy because obviously it's never easy, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, it went, it went quite fast in, in a, in a few months. And, uh, and and I think that the the VCs ecosystem in Paris is extremely vibrant. Mm-hmm. So um, especially when you have a, a SaaS model, because obviously, of, uh, I mean, the, the recurring part is uh, is probably a securing uh, a, p- a part of the of the analysis. And when you have a strong uh, core technology, it also helps you to to drive business outside of France. So yes, the process went pretty pretty. Pretty smooth.
1: Yeah, the, um, <laughs> to comment on your comment about the, uh, the 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 SAS or VC ecosystem in Paris, I think it's it's very very vibrant, uh, especially around the the SaaS scene. And we uh, we we noticed that when we held SAS dot Paris, because a third of the audience were were VCs, which was actually too many. So the uh, <laughs> the VCs complained there were too many VCs, and the startups complained there were too many VCs, uh, but. Uh, um, but definitely, there, there there are a lot of strong SaaS VCs in uh, in Paris. So I think that's definitely helpful and uh, for the ecosystem. While we're seeing all these great SaaS companies coming out, right? I, I
0: also think that there are some uh, uh, super successful SaaS entrepreneurs uh, mm-hmm. started uh, started in Paris. So
1: yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and you, so you raised the, the the Series A two years ago. What uh, what sort of ARR or what metrics can you share? That you had at that time. I mean, you were profitable uh, uh, for one, which which is good. Um, you know, obviously, uh, like how many customers did you have at the time? What was it that the VCs were looking for in your uh, in, in your deck? Yeah, just uh, are we are we started or yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah we, go, we 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 we're going for it. <laughs> okay,
0: excellent. So um, so yeah, since we, we raised um, our Series A, I think we have multiplied our MRR by more than five. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. uh, actually, I, I, what, what is interesting regarding why we, we needed to raise more money is uh, is that we, I mean, we had a strong technology. We had some customers who were happy and we were renewing their contract. And we had a first level of uh, MR coming outside of France. So it means that we had this capacity to to sell outside the front and to deliver something that was uh, providing values for the customers. So it means that uh, um, obviously, when you want to grow outside the front and uh, especially in the US, you have to invest to build to build a strong team, and it has a cost. Um, so this was the reason behind the the, the, the first run that we did. On, and and it, it so it went very well. What was uh, extremely important for us was uh, before this series, A, it was to be able to sell to American customers mm-hmm. even without an American best team. Uh, so it means that, and obviously I think it's true for any French, uh, uh, SaaS entrepreneur, but if you want to succeed globally, you obviously have to, uh, to, to succeed outside of the French market, which remain quite limited uh, in the end. Um, and, uh, um, but (laughs) so it also means that if you want to grow in the U S regarding the level of resources that you need, the level of investment that you need, you have to prove that, uh, you're able to, to, to sell without having a team located there.
1: So you, you you had 10% of your customers in the US like at at that point um and so how, how much did you raise so you, so you need you obviously you need you need the series A to continue that growth and capitalize on i guess uh you, you know the the, the the traction that you, you already had how much did you raise and then um yeah I, I i guess kind of what happened next
0: so yes at this time we raised 7 million dollars mm-hmm. so two two years and a half ago and this investment was decided to secure our, uh, our move to the US. So the first thing that we did is that I moved personally with my family to, to New York. Um, and then, uh, we started small. And in, uh, so it means that actually I, I moved in September 2016.
1: Were you the first person to move to the US?
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, I hired two first account executives um the last quarter of 2016 but now we are more than 25 people in new york Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, on the u.s market represent about 60 percent of our revenue
1: 60 percent of the revenue okay very cool um uh, the the 25 people in the u.s is it uh, it all sales um, marketing mixture
0: so uh no we have sales customer experience Mm -hmm. marketing Mm -hmm. And, uh, and professional services based in New York.
1: Okay. Um, and you uh, you you mentioned like since raising the Series A and since moving to the US, so now the US is sixty percent of your revenue. Your your current uh, ARR. Um, uh, can you kind of share uh, uh, where where that is? Like, uh, yeah, sure. So
0: we are between uh, <laughs> between ten and twenty million dollar annual recurring revenue. Okay. We're growing fast. Uh, we, we doubled our uh, MLR last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now we have a team of about 100 employees globally with three offices between Paris, where we started, so New York and, and London. Um, and uh, that's it, yeah.
1: Still being cash efficient?
0: Yes. So we are extremely obsessed by, uh, by being cash efficient. So it means that everything is out. With that in mind, and so the gross margin, with obviously the sales performance, the retention rate, the upsell, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because I think that if you want to grow fast, but if you want to con- to control also the growth of your company, you have to be obsessed with all these KPIs, and in the end, it makes a huge difference into uh, on, on your market
1: actually. Have you got the option not to not to raise again? Have you, you sort of considered, like, what if we don't go for Series B um, and, and just kind of? I, I don't know if your investors will be happy with that, or may, maybe they will. But um,
0: so obviously, I cannot share all the details, yeah, but yeah. it's it's clear that um, um, I mean we have the uh, we have the different options in mind uh, because of this uh, cash efficiency. We can really decide what's best for, for the future of Botify.
1: Okay, um, and and so you you you're, you're uh, between ten to twenty uh, million ARR and uh, and hundred employees. Uh, I mean, what is your like? Where do you want to take the, the, the company? I mean, do you have a, a dream of being you know hundred million uh, ARR, or are you kind of like happy with you know 30 million, 40 million ARR, and a, and an exit at that point? Um, you know, do you think about the exit point? So, no, what, what is extremely important for us
0: uh, is, is to make our customers succeed with what they are looking for with Botify, mm-hmm. okay? So, uh, so, it means that, um, I mean, it's, it's not an easy question, the exit or the 100 million threshold and things like that. What, for us, it's, uh, one of the core values of Botify is actually uh, to be ambitious, so obviously, I mean, it's step by step. Uh, we want to to cross the twenty million dollar IRL, then the forty, and after that, probably. I mean, we are in a in a market that is extremely large mm-hmm. and probably uh, probably underrated, uh, but which, I mean, we we are in the SEO space. So obviously, SEO is not a new field, but in the end, we think it's an extremely uh, interesting uh, time for this industry now. Because there are many changes related to the way search engines behave. Uh, it's obviously a global market. So now we can, we, we are seeing that we're growing extremely fast in the US, but uh, Asia is also extremely interesting for us. Uh, so it means that uh, options are really open. The, uh, in the end, uh, what is very, very important is that um, we keep growing. Obviously, we keep retaining our customers and, uh, on uh, the future, we'll decide what's best for. Our robot
1: so, I, I guess moving away from the broad questions of uh, you, you know, are you dreaming of the hundred uh, million ARR? But uh, and going back to like since raising the the, the Series A, um, you know, as you mentioned, like you've gone from ten percent sort of U- U.S. customer base to to sixty percent revenues coming from U.S. Uh, and you five x your revenue, you know, w- within the space of the two years. So beyond, uh, I guess this you know key move to the US, which has I, I guess you know certainly been like one of the major drivers of, of of these results. What what are the key things that that has happened within Botify, within these kind of last two years? Uh, you you know do you, do you put it all down to the US move, or have you made? certain strategic moves hires fixed retention etc what 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 are the things that that, are, that have happened yeah. in the past years that, that's
0: a to super start. interesting question and actually when you're starting to scale your saas business i think the most uh, important things to that you want to succeed is to build your team uh, so i mean we have a typical saas uh, organization relying on sales customer experience um and when I moved to the U.S., what was very important for me was to build a strong core team. Um, and um, so we, we started with the new business. So now we have a global organization of the, of the new business team based in New York. So our senior uh, uh, VP is based in New York and is managing globally uh, our uh, new business efforts. And we did the same thing regarding the customer experience team. Which is now managed uh, directly from New York, mm-hmm. but on the, uh, on the global scale of our customers. And I think that uh, what, what, what can be maybe difficult, but what is extremely important if you want to keep growing is that you want to have your customers globally to have the same uh, customer experience. So you have to deliver the same onboarding processes, the same training processes on being sure that they're going to, um, yes, to experience your product in the same way wherever the customer is based in London, in Asia, in New York. Uh, and it's something that it uh, that is not easy, I think. Um, but so we invested a lot into uh, into that. And I, I'm talking mostly about the customer experience, but it's also true regarding your uh, new business effort. Well, obviously you want to have a consistent message. You want to have a, um, a good identification on what what a good customer is uh, on the long term, on things like
1: that. Are you personally being involved in all of the hiring decisions, or like, uh, uh, are you just having final sign-off? Um, you know, we explain a little bit about because you, you you know yeah. build, building the team is is key. Building the
0: team involved. is honestly building the team is extremely key, and we so we grew from twenty five to one hundred in in almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it means that, yes, it's really important to pick up the good talents. But what we decided when we raised the, the Series A, uh, we decided to, uh, to have a, an HR director internally at Botify mm-hmm. because we really wanted to secure the hiring process. I mean, secure is uh, is never easy, but at least to to get the most um, of ch- of changes, yes, to succeed into our hiring process. So we hired an experienced uh, headshot director who had the experience to hire some teams globally. So not only in France, but also in the UK and the US. And I think it was something um, extremely important in. uh in having this capacity to select the good talent because we have done it internally. So obviously, it's. I mean, it's not only me. We have been uh, um, extremely involved into our process. It's the co-founding team. It's uh, the HR team that we have bid, built at Botify. And um, and it's clear that if you want to start growing fast, you have to have the good talents. So We're going to join you, I mean, extremely... Uh, shortly after uh, the CEO moved to New York or to wherever in the U.S., but uh, it was it was super important. And in our case, uh, we had the chance to hire a SVP uh, uh, of uh, business development who, who came somehow from from the field, uh, from the industry, and uh, and it was a very good move to have a strong. Business leader based with me in New York, because it helped me to, uh, in the end, to process everything and to make the team grow.
1: What are you, what are you looking for in people that uh, to to join Botify? You know, are you looking for experience? Um, you know, are you, is it sort of culture? Um, you know, who who are the type of people that, that you recruit that make up your team? So, in,
0: what's what's extremely important for us is that we want some people who are going to have an impact. Um, and by impact, I mean, you know, uh, so 100 employees remain a relatively small company. So it means that everyone at Botify has a role to play. Okay. Uh, so it's true for, I mean, the finance team, it's true for the marketing, it's true for the engineering team. And what I'm looking for when I'm interviewing some people say, is this person going to be able to, uh, to reach, his or her goals. And and yes, it's really something that I want to uh, to evaluate uh, during the hiring process. And the second point is obviously I want someone who's going to be happy at work and who's going to be able to work uh, well with his um, or her co-workers. Um, another point, maybe the last, but um, so at Botify, we decided to have an organization that is by definition uh, organized around three offices. So nothing is centralised. Mm-hmm. So it means that uh, we are looking for people who are able to communicate with people in London, in Paris, or in New York, and to be—it's not easy, obviously. Sometimes it's—it's uh, uh, it's easier to have a one-one relationships and maybe to to see your coworkers uh, physically. But it means th- that yes, it's for me it's really important to have some people with strong uh, communication skills, so we can make sure that. Uh, um the communication is not only depending on the one one relationships it uh it has to be possible through slacks through video conferencing systems
1: or things like that what Why did you choose new york so <laughs> a
0: good good question and actually we we thought about the different options before before we moved to the u s and and the different options were between west coast and east coast um but at this time, as I told you, the company was only about twenty five people so it was uh um Easier for us in terms of time zones mm-hmm. to to base the team in New York rather than in the on the West Coast um, because you just have uh, six hours of uh, time differences with France. So yeah, it's uh, I mean the nine hours with the West Coast was not possible. And in the end, our engineering team uh, is uh, is still in Paris, so uh, it was easier for me to communicate with them.
1: So no, no regrets on New York then. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, very cool. Um, what would have been the biggest challenges though for you? Like, so, I guess personally, you've taken your family to New York. So I, um, I guess being a CEO, what are the, the biggest challenges you've had? Let's say personally, but also you know around the company in this last two years of you know uh, internationalizing the company. So that's, that's a good question. I think that w- before the
0: move, I underestimated uh, the complexity of the logistic part of the move, so I, especially when you have a family or things like that, but you have to think about uh, the visas. Uh, and You can, it, I mean, it's easy to waste sometimes in these steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually I did i pre- I pick up the wrong lawyers and things like that so um, but you know you're you're learning faster i mean uh when you, when you see that the process is struggling a bit, you have to change uh, and uh and we we change the the way we uh anticipated my move um and in the way in, in the end it went well but um no what is difficult i think there are two things actually. The first one is that obviously, especially when you are a very small company, about 25 people, it means that the um, communication organization of the company is changing from one day to another. Because one day, you know, you're the CEO. So it means that you are with your team in the same office. Communication is easy. They can see you every day. But just the day after, you are just on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. And you have a six hours time um, time difference, so obviously you have to reinvent everything into the way the company works, into the company, uh, into the way the company decides, and um, um, and I think it's it's something that took us maybe one quarter to be extremely uh, efficient again, regarding all you know micro uh, decisions that can be taken on a daily uh, basis, um, so. The second point is, is really about the communication. You really have to define the the good tools, the good uh, weekly or bi-weekly meetings because obviously you don't want to slow down uh, the, the the velocity of the company by adding more formal meetings and things like that. So what is very important is that you keep talking with uh, with your team to define what's best to make uh, everybody work together.
1: What, what tools uh, have you been using to help you with the communication? So obviously
0: we've been using Slack and uh, me I'm not the, a huge fan of Slack. I think it's great for building the company culture. Yeah. For example, we have um you know uh, emojis with the uh, the employees that w- would just sign a contract or things like that so it it gives uh the company a great team spirit uh, for small it's it's small details, but I think it's very important mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't think that slack is good when you have to to take uh, important decisions. And sometimes, you know, it's an easy way to communicate internally. So that's why I'm, I strongly encourage the team to use video, uh, conferences systems because it's good. You know, you're going to see a face. You're going to see if something is wrong. If, and, and obviously you're going to know the context of the person who's receiving the message. And I think it's, uh, that's why i mean it's easy to communicate now with these kind of systems and uh, uh, i'm always telling the team okay see see you with the video conference system so it it helps to to decide faster
1: you uh, i i i second those uh, sentiments i mean certainly like we we use slack uh, as many companies and i think you're right you know great for culture great for spirit we've got emojis with my face on it um, Fair, sure. um, things like that but uh i didn't create those emojis though but um you, you know sometimes like the messages because people just use slack as the default for communication like they can be misinterpreted especially you know like when people are tired or whatever and yeah. I, you you know often nothing beats that you, you know the well the video face to face communication or just having a call with somebody right so uh, People can just get a bit too comfortable with uh, with, with slack, uh, and it's hard to get the message across sometimes, or the right message. Um, you're you're speaking at SASTock in Dublin in uh, October, fifteenth um, uh, to the seventeenth, um, and uh, super excited about that. What, what more? Uh, we've learned a lot about you or and Spotify uh, today. What more will we we hear uh, from you uh, in Dublin?
0: So yes, I'm super excited to, to be with you uh, in Dublin uh, in, a, in a few months now. And I think we'll, we'll talk about the next steps of the Botify development uh, regarding the, the, ch- the challenges that we are that facing into uh, yes, how to scale a company globally, how to keep innovating into your product uh, and delivering a great service to, to your customers
1: awesome looking forward to that and uh, i'll be keeping a keen eye out for any series b announcements uh, around then or not uh we'll see we'll see um and the last question as we we come to the end of the podcast so uh, a, a, like personal question we often ask, well we always ask you know how do you uh stay uh, healthy and sane on your on your journey um so what is it that you do uh to, to kind of keep uh healthy and sane in running butterfly <laughs>
0: <laughs> for me it's easy i'm saying i'm cycling one hour a day um and uh so you know just going from home to to the office but i think it's something uh extremely important so because it gives you sometimes to listen to some brian podcast or or just having a break between uh between the office and the family activity and uh uh, and, for, and for me, it's important yes, to have a good, uh, I mean, your, your life needs to be balanced between professional obsessions and, and probably a, a good personal life.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Adrian, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for sharing uh your your lessons in um I guess kind of growing and scaling uh Botify uh, you know into the, the US. Um so it's been a, a pleasure to speak with you and really looking forward to hearing more from you in uh, in Dublin in October. Sure, see you in Dublin. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the SaaS Revolution show and have picked up valuable lessons from Adrian Menard on getting things right when scaling to the US. Next week we bring you one of the highest-rated panels at SaaS.New York in which Ben Heineman, CEO of Splash, talks with Tomo Tagrin, CEO of Yoppo, and Alexis Lacotte, CTO of Datadog. This is one of the most raw, humorous, and transparent panels I've ever listened to it's uh, it's definitely one not to miss uh super exciting to publish it on the podcast so make sure you tune in uh, for that one the SAS revolution show is now also available on spotify if you like the interviews we're doing every week please drop us a review thanks for listening and see you next time